Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. Well, we've already been to church. I was sitting there thinking, well, do they really need me? I don't know if y'all need me or not. You're good without me. You're supposed to be laughing and saying amen. I did that, you know, I, don't, I think I just came and, and you're going to have to bring me up. This is way too low for me. You got me up here now. Yeah. You know, I don't know what it is about sound that people are afraid of unless you're in a honky-tonk or a nightclub or whatever they call them today. But churches are afraid of sound. But this booger right here ain't afraid of sound. I, I need sound. Can you say amen? <laughs> Thank you. You know, you're not blessed because of what you did. You're blessed because of what he did. You're not blessed because of where you are. You're not blessed because you just came to church. You're blessed because of where he is. See, we're blessed because the kingdom is in us. We're not blessed because of our works, our deeds. We're blessed because of his accomplishments. So you're blessed, can you say amen? The scripture says in Matthew 13 and 8, he, and, and, I, and I wrote this a little differently because it's the way I think, but it means the same thing. He who sowed in that good ground is he who understood the kingdom and produced. Now, I want you to think about that. He who sowed in good ground is he who understood the kingdom. Say, understand the kingdom. Mouthful. Because to know what the kingdom is and to understand it are two different things. Most of us in here know the kingdom is God's domain, and it's God's rule, and it's that in us. Most of us know that. But to understand it is a completely different thing. Because it threatens our theology, our theories. It threatens our backgrounds, and it threatens some experiences and behaviors that we have formed and called God. The kingdom isn't just authority, but the kingdom is the king, Christ, Jesus, at large in the earth, which means there's a whole lot of personal uh, concepts and understandings that I have to be enlarged into actually operating it. This is why I think sometimes we get lost in atmospheres and for some reason or the other don't really change a lot because we're accustomed to feeling the blessing but not becoming the blessing. We're accustomed to feeling the Holy Spirit. We are. We're accustomed to listening to good messages. We are because we're church people. And that isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing because church is, is necessary. 
But again, we can really not think out of the box once we get accustomed to the box. So to understand the kingdom is to think outside the religious box and to be enlarged in our view of our responsibilities in the world and not just responsibilities but our privileges. Now many won't hear it and many will never hear it. But there is a generation that has to hear it. See, our world has too far complex problems. And I'm concerned that the church is ill-equipped for it as a system. But I believe there is a church within the church that is very equipped for it. And I believe that we have to then be ready and uh, to understand that we might have to suffer some theological differences to actually engage in what God is saying to our world right now. Because you can have theory all you want. You can have understanding doctrinally all you want that has been passed down generation after generation that has not gotten us any further at all than to sit on a seat and to always beg God for help. Instead of becoming authority in the earth, we have become beggars for help. Now, I'm not talking about you. Let, can you stay with me? Let's talk about other people, okay? <laughs> Let's go with that. But we become beggars for help. I turn on the TV, and I watch so much, and, you know, I, I realize the world is is moving on, man. They're moving on, their agenda. They're just, they're just consumed with their agenda. And the church says, it's the devil. Revelation number one. I mean, it's big deal. What, so it's, what, what does that mean, it's the devil? How did the devil ever get this much power in the earth anyway when that the kingdom was supposed to be in us? How, how, did, how did the governments of the world become so corrupt? Because the Bible says when you sow, you sow into the kingdom because you understand it. It's hard to get people to tithe and to give anymore because they don't understand the power of, of that principle. Because, you know, we just, again, are so accustomed to the box. See, being democratic in the church is dangerous. It's also ungodly. Because this is a theocracy. Nobody voted me into my job and nobody can vote me out. Amen. You might wish you could, but I'm leaving like, you know, day after tomorrow or something. So, you know, you don't have to vote me out. But the reality is this is that we, we do um, have to understand the good ground and we have to become that ground. Now, we don't do that by ourselves. It's already done. We just have to... Hear the power of what God has already done. And we don't hear it with our natural man. Our natural man can't even conceive God. He can't receive seed. The flesh cannot receive seed. So as long as we're listening with our mind, our emotion, and our will, our soul, we're not going to get planted in.
so when uh, Patrick was speaking a while ago, I was listening by the Spirit. And I was hearing, hearing things come out of him, revelatory things. And I'm thinking, man, there's a river in there that's just bubbly. Just God created. You know, it's not just excitement. It's, it's backed up with passion. And so I was listening deeply to what it was that he was saying. But he said, I want you to understand the kingdom. The word kingdom, of course, we know what it means. It means God's rule. How is God going to rule the earth? How's he going to do that? We know this, but I'm just going to rehearse this before I get into the meat of this. How, what's God's intention to, to rule the earth? Is it that he's going to do it himself? It'd be contrary to his word. So God is not going to make you stop any sin. It's a relational matter. When the kingdom comes, sin is threatened. It's just threatened. Doesn't mean it's ejected, but it means it's threatened. So anytime a, another king is standing in the place of the King Jesus, and we invite his kingdom, we, we understand that when we invite him, that he is king, right? He's king of, okay, and Lord of, well, that must be me and you. So he comes in, and guess what? He never asked anyone to leave a throne. He only sits where we invite him. He is a gentleman. He is not a slave master. He doesn't make us serve him. He is a father with children. And it is a love affair. God's dominion, God's rule. So when God gave us dominion, he said to himself, this will take some time. I'm sure he did. And he surely said that once he realized that man could not receive seed as far as his natural was concerned. So he had to do something, and he did do something. He transformed us by virtue of the cross into a spiritual house. And he made us able to get pregnant in the spirit. And have miracle babies all over the world. No, y'all ain't seeing it. Miracle healings. Miracle children. I understand there's fruit hanging all over Apostle's tree in here called children that shouldn't have happened. Miracle salvations. Miracle transformations. All kind of things birthed out of the Spirit. Yet all around us we have a normal, usual force of understanding contrary to some things that perhaps I'm even saying tonight, that people might call me a heretic when I tell you that escape was never God's plan for you in any way, shape, or form. Never has been, and you know that. So why then would we want to escape growth, maturity, learning, the only reason we would is because our flesh hasn't given God the throne. 
That's the only reason. But here's the good news. Your flesh can't make that decision. The Bible said it's not by might nor is it by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So what we do is we have intercessors. We have fathers. We have mothers in the spirit. We have brothers. We have sisters who begin praying for us. And they sit with God and they talk with God about us. And God hears them. We petition heaven for each other. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, Acts 2, something begins to appear in your life called hope and called an open heaven. And you are able to do the exceeding and the abundant above what you were ever able to ask or think. It was not by your might nor your power, but it was by the spirit of the living God that gave birth to something inside of you. And now another king is on your throne. You were once a drunk, but now you are made whole. You were once a deviant, but now you are made clean. You were once blind, but now you see. But it's not you who did it at all. It's the the grace of the almighty God because somebody prayed for you. The importance of a church understanding its government is vital because if it doesn't understand its government, it doesn't know how to pull on anything that can help them. I've heard people tell me all over the world, titles mean nothing. I think craziness is speaking to me. Stupidity has opened its mouth. Because if you don't know who I am, you don't know how to talk to me. And if we don't know who God is we don't, and what God means, we don't know how to address him. So we'll treat him like any human being, like any old thing. We'll just come into him any old way. We'll have no honor and no respect whatsoever because after all, we're under grace and we are. But may I share with you that even though his love never changes... And even though his, his, his beauty that I behold will never grow dim, I will never inherit what he promised me because I'm a vessel that doesn't honor. You understand honor is key to everything. Honor is key in marriage. Honor is key in family. Honor is key in everything you do. It's, it's on your job. It's in your house. It's when you're walking down the road. Honor is a key factor of the kingdom and component. You will never, as long as this house is alive, have another father. Dead or alive, you can't deviate from the vision of the father of the house. It doesn't matter because a son will pick up his father's heart and will carry it out generation after generation. It won't look the same, but it will do the same thing. It may not sound the same, but there's something you're going to hear in a son that you will never hear in just a preacher. There's something you're going to hear in a son that you will never hear in just somebody who's called and talented. You will hear a heart that God created, that God birthed, that was born by the Spirit. It was born through relationship, and it will do exceeding and abundant work. 
I say this because to understand the kingdom is to understand first apostles and secondly prophets and thirdly teachers and then miracles, signs and wonders. You have to understand and I have to understand that just to go to any church is not what I'm called to do. Just sit on any seat is not what I'm called to do. I'm assigned to somebody somewhere that can help me. I'm assigned to somebody somewhere that can build me up in God and pull the devil right off his throne in my life. He may not say a word to me. She may not say a word to me, but I tremble under the anointing that my father has because there's a special gift that he has for me in my life, and that is he can touch a place in me nobody else can. But you see, it's the most unpopular thing in the world today, broadly speaking, father and sons. You don't hear much about it. You hear about how great this evangelist is or how great that pastor is or how great that message is. And it's all true. It's great. But greatness don't produce sons. Godly seeds produce sons. Good preaching don't produce sons. Relationship produces sons. The scripture does not produce spirituality. It's relationship with scripture. Oh, I can quote the Bible. I don't care. You know how many super spiritual people have walked up to me after I've been in Maui meetings and started quoting scripture to me? And I'm sweet. I just said, that's right. That's what it says. Because I know they're stupid. I know they are. And the reason I know they are is because they're trying to prove that they knew something they don't know. And I'm not going to embarrass nobody. I'm not like that. But I'm thinking... God help, I'm going to have to go to prayer. Because this is where a large majority of people are in the box. Called, appointed, but cannot be molded. Luke 17 and 20, now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them saying, Neither shall they say, Lo, there, for behold, the kingdom of God is where? Within you or in your midst. The Pharisees were mad. A Pharisaical spirit will always get mad when it's taken outside the box and having, had, and having to face who and what it really is. It reveals your heart when you're placed in a position that you have to make a decision based on integrity rather than your desires. Pharisaical spirits have no integrity whatsoever. They will take a throne in a minute and they'll lose it in no time at all and say God told them to move. The reason I'm saying this to you is I'm on assignment in the world. That is to raise up the understanding that the church has to be transformed. It has to be completely regenerated as far as its understanding as to its appointment in the earth. The major message is not that the Lord is coming. The major message is that he has come. That he has arrested flesh at the cross. And that he has forgiven all sin. 
and that he has forgotten it all. And Satan has built himself and set himself up in the temple and indoctrinated people and reminded them they're sinners when they're not. They've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They've been transformed by the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The earth is the Lord's, Patrick, and the fullness thereof. None of this belongs to him. He's a liar, and he doesn't go in the bar and talk. He goes in the church, and he sets up false doctrine, so the saints of God are blind to their position. I'm telling you, you're not blessed because of what you did. You're blessed because of what he did. You're not blessed because of what you said. You're blessed because of what he says. You're not blessed because you're called. You're blessed because he called and appointed you in the earth. The blessing of the Lord has made you rich, and it'll add no sorrow to you. You've been blessed to be here tonight, and you are blessed to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ without all the condemnation of false doctrine. You know what sin does? You know, all it does is it robs you of your personal identity with Christ. That's all it does. And you know, I was raised where there's some big sins and there's some little sins. And then there's some sins we don't talk about. And then they, well, there's all kind of it. You know, I was raised, I was old time Pentecost, honey. I was old time Pentecost. I mean, whoo, you just don't know I was meaner than the devil. Judgmental. Judgmental. Somebody said you couldn't be judgmental. Well, I can, but I don't know how anymore. But I, I was raised to be judged. I was raised to think that was God. And it's not in the Bible that he ever called me to be one. But I thought he I thought I was supposed to be really. And I know you don't think like that, but I thought I'd share that with you so we could move forward in what I wanted to say next. When a, when a person like me preaches from the time they're 15 until they're 68, you are destroyed. What do you mean by that? If you ever are going to succeed in life, you'll have to fall in front of, the, of it all. And you'll have to be raised in front of it all. You'll be tested in front of it all, and you will overcome in front of it all. You will lose one generation, and you will gain another. When you become unaffected one place, you become effective another. When you no longer are the person who beats the congregation, they no more book you. But then God moves you into another place to where that the church that is emerging is listening to your voice. You see, you weren't left behind. You weren't left behind doctrine. Many are left behind right now because they cannot transform who they are. They cannot transfer what they believe. They cannot transfer how to accept the fact that God is growing over here something while this over here is not accepting. God will never give give his earth to the devil. He will never give his church up. He will always have a church within a church. You are a triumph generation called by the name of God and supplied by the blood of the Lamb. I remember standing on a stage in 1985 and my God, it was such a pinnacle of success. And I said, Lord, I love it here. And he said to me, enjoy it. You won't be here long. Lights and cameras and action. I loved it. Anybody would. You work really hard. You, you, you would. And, and, you, and they paid you really good. You know, when you're, when you're me, 
I started preaching for 20 cents. You understand? <laughs> I took my baby to, to a meeting, and they gave us a dollar and a half and took 75 cents of it for themselves. Okay, that's what I got. So you understand, you, we, don't, we didn't just get here just because we just bounced into it. We got here because we were formed by the hand of the Lord. We have everything that we possess today because God gave it to us. Somebody said to me, you own all of that? I said, I own it all, but really I don't own anything. God owns everything. Everything that comes through my hands. The kingdom of God is a powerful, powerful, powerful source for you. He is a rich God. He has the power to bless your hands, to bless your life, to raise you up from a situation where you would have perished and you don't perish. He makes you able to overcome every obstacle that is against your future in him. But he changes your heart in all of it and causes you to be able to mold and form and build. The kingdom is the fulfillment of God's will on the earth. So I want to fulfill his will. I want to help you fulfill his will. When I came here and I anointed apostle, or I had, uh, I didn't, God anointed him, I, I, I acknowledged his anointment, anointing. I wasn't playing. That ain't no play thing. That, that, that's a serious matter. And I thought to myself, what a blessed house to be able to come from what would be known as just you know, regular understanding of, I, we got a pastor, into the government of God. I know some people say, what, what does that mean? Well, it means that this house, because it has teachers in it too, I hear them. Has, you have fabulous worship. I, I want you to know what you have. I preached in big places that can't sing an angel into the back of the church, much less the front of it. It's not the crowd. It's, it's, it's not how many people go to your church. It's the quality of the individual. When the kingdom comes, he changes you, and he makes the quality so, so visible. When you understand that, then you become really set up for success in your life. Can you say amen? Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found hit again, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all he has. <coughs> now, selling what I had might or not today look like much, but when it's all you got, it's a lot. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but when you're bound by cigarettes or something like that, or I'm not telling you going to hell for that either. I ain't one of them people, but I'm just saying when you are, you don't know there's life after smoking yet, do you? You don't know. It's all you got. That's your life. And so for somebody to tell you, you know, it'd be better if you quit that because you live longer. You think that's true. That's very true. You received it as a truth. But you didn't receive it as your truth. Not yet. Is. <coughs> when, you, when, you're, when you're in the middle of a divorce, your whole life is consumed with the truth of tragedy. Everything is tragic. It's horrible. And for somebody to talk about the kingdom, man, you don't, you don't feel like a king at all. 
you feel like everything is crumbling and crushing around you. And it is. Circumstantially, we don't always feel like we're kings and priests. We don't always do the holy thing. Aren't you glad that God didn't change his mind during this? That God doesn't look at you any differently and he just keeps on talking to you as if none of this was going on? <coughs> Excuse me. My point is this tonight. I want you to grab hold of it, and I think you already have, but I want, I want to share something with you. Until we believe that we are uncircumstantially Delivered into the anointed places of God, we will constantly look for an out because our flesh cannot receive freedom. That's why the Bible said, walk in the spirit so you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh lusts after death. It lusts after a short way out because it, isn't, it doesn't want to be responsible. It wants to be served, but your spirit wants to live. Every time a song comes, I see this church, every time a song comes that talks about, like tonight, how beautiful he is, y'all just soar in the spirit. You know why? You're wired for that. That's how we're built. Before the foundation of the world, we were built to be in that environment. We were built to be angels on the earth. Ministers of God, ministries of God. See, an unpredictable believer is the devil's nightmare. If he can't predict how you're going to act, then he can't mess with you very easily. If he don't know when you're going to shout, he ain't able to stop it. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. So I learned to be quite unpredictable. I learned to be quite unpredictable. I learned that if I'm predictable, then I'm probably just going to bore the devil, much less God. So the best thing for me to do is become a faithful, unpredictable believer. One day I'm going to get up and I'm going to scream out loud the shouts of God and the joys of the Lord. The next day or the day after, I won't say when because if I do, I'm predictable. I will do what the Holy Ghost says to do. I may sit in the chair and relax because after all, spiritual is also preserving my body for the future. The next day I might get up and take a drive or I might be flying in an airplane across the ocean I really don't know but I don't have to pray the angels hold up the plane because I know I'm destined can you say amen there is something about being unpredictable that messes with the mind of the devil so if you're predictable in your emotion get unpredictable if you're predictable in your giving get unpredictable if you're predictable in your church attendance get unpredictable and be there all the time and mess the devil's mind up if you're predictable in your praise get unpredictable open up your mouth and Say something you have never said before. Get unpredictable and watch what God will do in manifesting the king in your life. An apostolic ministry is never sent to a church. You mean this man was never sent to this house? Absolutely not. They're sent to a region. They're regional ministers. You are a regional house because you have a regional minister. 
This is why the dream is to reproduce of yourself all around. Say it back to me. An apostolic house is a regional house. We don't look like average. We don't do average worship. We don't do average giving. We don't do average dancing. We don't do average nothing because we just ain't average. It's also a prophetic house. Prophetic don't mean you walk the aisles and tell somebody what kind of sandwich they had for dinner. That's word of knowledge. It don't hurt nothing, but, uh, but it sure ain't going to make you spiritual. I might be able to do that with some of you. I won't, I'm not going to, but I, I might. Some of you said, I wish you'd shut up so I could have dinner. But a prophetic house knows what God is saying to the world. And we have world messages. And we have people who are fabulously blessed because they sponsor world things. They're not just sponsoring something just, you know, locally, even though they do that too, but they're, they're sponsoring world things. One of the most probably... Um, Unusual things about me is I'm nothing like you think. A lot of people think, well, he is so stuck up and all that stuff. And I'm working hard so people don't think that. But they, but they just do. And they look at how I dress and they think, stink, never been dirty in his life. Child, you just don't know. You know, it, the, the truth is, is I'm nothing like I look like. And I am certainly nothing. Um, like people have assumed I am as far as my relationships in the world are concerned. I don't fly in and fly out. I don't get escorted in and escorted out. All of this, I just don't do that. And the reason I don't do that is because who I am is too relational for that. So I take risks all the time that they tell me not to take. You know, when I go into uh, some country, I remember when I was in Nigeria, and, and we were preaching, and, and you know, the, the, the crowd was really, really great, and there was all kinds of stuff going on, and they said, you can't touch the people. And I thought, I'm so sad. And they were right. I couldn't really get down there to do it. But you can't, you can't touch the people. I thought, how am I going to do this, Lord? And the Lord said, if you say it, they'll know it. And deaf ears were open. All kinds of things were happening because all I could do is touch them with him. So I learned to relate to people out of my spirit. So the best thing for us to do is to look in the mirror and say, I am nothing like I look like. I have been birthed by God with special gifts. Birthed by God, especially intended for certain things in the earth. I've been created to do great and mighty things. I may not know them all, but you start there. I may not be able to accomplish them all, all by myself. So the next thing I had to do was realize in my lifetime how many sons I would have to have to do all God told me to do because I won't live long enough to do it all. And so God has added in these years many, 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 many sons to my life. And I mean they are sons. They are fight for me. And the reason for that is because if you are apostolic, you will sow yourself all over the world. 
And your message that God put in your heart, and I'm talking about you as a person are also apostolic. Your friends will receive of your nature. They'll receive of who you are. They'll receive of your love. They'll receive of your generosity. They'll receive. You don't have to be super spiritual to do it. You just have to understand the kingdom. The kingdom of God is within you waiting for you to release it from your real self. You don't have to pretend to be nobody else. God made you just who you are and what you are, and you are great at being you. So the best thing for you to do is to begin to worship out of you and you and God and worship out of who you are. Worship out of how he's created you. Worship out of what it is that he's made you for. God creates businessmen. God creates uh, governors and tutors. God creates all kind of people to govern the world. And unless we shift and change and really put that into our understanding, we'll give the world to the enemy at least in our minds. Strongholds is a mindset. We have to deal with strongholds. They're, they're ingrained in us. The doctor told me, I don't know how many times, stuff that I just had to just deny. Has the doctor ever told you anything you didn't like to hear? Oh, well, a few of you. The rest of you might get a report. I hope you don't. But, you know, if you live long enough, you might. But the doctor's always telling me stuff. Like, one time they told me, now, look, what do you do? I know what you do for a living. And I said, well, I don't do this for a living. If I did, I'd do something else. <laughs> that was back when I was 30-some-year-old. I said to him, I said, well, I don't do it for a living. If I did, I'd do something else. He said, well, whatever reason you do what you're doing, you need to change what you're doing because you'll be dead time you're 45. I said, I will? He said, yeah, Absolutely. He said, I've never seen a man under stress like you are in all of my life, uh, as young as you are. Of course, I know he's just exaggerating because he wanted me to listen to him and do what he told me to do. So I said to him, I said, I want to ask you a question. You know, I got another, I got a problem with this. He said, what kind of problem? You can quit it. You can quit, quit, can't you? I said, I guess I could. But that's who I am. So if I quit this, what do I do? He said, oh, it's not who you are. I said, it is really who I am, regardless of whether I go to a pulpit or not. I said, because I am a messenger. I said, if I go and do design, I'm a messenger. We had a company, a design company. I said, if I go do design, I am a messenger. It's all up in what I do. Oh, I almost baptized that carpet tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, look at here. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I won't do it. I'll just fix it. The doctor said to me, well, then you're going to have to learn how to unstress. I didn't know I was stressed. I had no idea I was stressed. I lived that way so long it felt natural. We have lived, at least some of us, in some ways so long that it feels completely natural. Freedom is scary. Did you know freedom is scary? Because we we're not in control anymore. He is. Oh, I, we need to get to it. I got to get back up here. I'll walk around this now because I'm looking. I, I'm trying to get away from it. Freedom is scary to a lot of people. Being, being saved the way God saved us is scary to a lot of people because we don't have a thing to do with it. I won't be long. Y'all listen to me. The enemy didn't become interested in me the day I got saved. He was interested in me before the foundation of the world. He didn't just assign stuff against me that I got saved. He knew 
very well what God was building. He knew very well. He knew. He knows very well the only way he can get to stay on earth is that we stay in darkness. Because we eject him from the world with the light we are. And the only way he gets to stay here is by our permission. Not heaven's. Heaven's already thrown him out. But it's up to us to put him out the earth. Quiet up in here. You almost think I, it's the truth. I'll never forget years ago I was talking to God and God said to me, Gary, the only way that, that your enemy gets to stay is that you allow him to stay. This is personal. I said, well, how do, how, what about he said, you just don't allow it. Well, it's, it's possible because what I had to do was I had to change what I was thinking. And it redirected what I'm doing. And when I changed how I was thinking and redirected what I was doing, I ejected that from my life. And it's never been back. Because as a man thinketh, that's how he is. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, it is in heaven's records that I'll complete what he has put me here to do. It is in earth's records that I will not because there's an assignment against you. There's also an assignment for you. Again, we're not blessed because of what we did. We're blessed because of what he did. We're not overcomers because we just overcome. Because I couldn't overcome had he not spoken to me. You know, the prophets of old said, oh, Lord, I hear you. In other words, I'm hearing what you're saying. I want you to hear tonight that if you're sitting in here and there is anything that you're battling, that you are able, really able to say, God, the grace that you put in my life, I'm going to activate. And I'm not going to allow this to take place in my life. Now, you say, what if it does? Let me give you an example. About 27 years ago or more, there was a lady sitting in my church who was eat up with cancer. And the Lord said to me, go tell her she'll live and not die. I said to the Lord, that is going to make me look like a fool if she dies. I said, he said, what difference does that make to you? Because it could make the difference in whether she lives or dies as to how you're going to look. Let me tell you something. I just finished a meeting in, in Indiana not too long ago, and there she said, 80-some years old, alive and well. Do you understand? Sometimes we have to come out of what looks natural. We just have to be there. We just have to say it. It don't matter if you look like you're crazy or not because you're really not crazy. What you are is sane. We're doing the only thing that is sane, the mind of God. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm telling you now, you have the mind of God. You are able to overcome, and we are all overcomers. The Bible says that he hath made it possible through his own overcoming power by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're, we're a great machines, what we are. When born in an arena or a vicinity where a strong man is, the culture that you're born into ministers to your thinking. 
whatever strong man, whatever strong, whatever the strength of the enemy was or is in this area, is the apostolic's job to break its back. It is the apostolic's job to govern over top of it. It is the apostolic's job to teach you that the culture that you're feeling is a foreign thing to the kingdom. That you are kings and priests and that this thing that you might have grown up in, this culture that you might have grown up in is not your culture. You are a counterculture. Can you say amen? You've been created to form a counterculture. You will counteract the acts of the enemy over humanity. Lastly, I want to say to you that he is not aware that you can be aware. He's only aware that he can lie to you. He's only aware to you. I mean, only aware that he can put you in a place to where you're maybe perhaps put in a position to where you're not going to be activated. But he's a liar. What God knows is God has caused you to be able by his spirit to rise up where you are and begin to prophesy to your own life and watch what God will do. He rides upon his word. Can you say amen? He watches over his word to perform it. You are his word. He's watching over you to perform through you. The places of darkness. We're not seeing what's happening. How does the enemy know you've heard him? How does he even know you've listened to him? You react. We react. And he says, okay, I got you. Enemy comes along. He tells this young man over here how bad he is. Son, if he ever does that, don't react. Don't react. Because now you know how good you are because he just lied to you. Reaction is the doorway. I was about 15 years old. I told you all the other day, and I don't mean to prolong it. I got those few minutes. So I haven't been up to an hour yet. So, but I, got, um, try to, I try to do everything in an hour. I really do. You say, you limit the Holy Ghost. Do you think I'm limiting the Holy Ghost? Huh? I ain't limited the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, I'm sweating like a stuck hog. That's what I'm doing. But the reality is this. I remember um, when the enemy said to me uh, when I was about 15 years old, and he said to me, it'd be better for you just to go ahead and die. Now, I, wanted, I was 15. I didn't know nothing about anything. And I didn't know it was the enemy talking to me. Because the pain I was in and the stuff that was going on, I just thought it was just logical. But I said to, me, to, to, the, to myself, you know, this preacher last night said, and she said to herself, I said to myself, hmm, that church must have taught me something wrong. Because they taught me if God says something, it, it, it's, it's, it's the truth. And he didn't tell me anything about dying. He never said anything to me about dying. He never said anything to me about anything I'm hearing. So I just kind of dismissed it. Just kind of dismissed it. Didn't say anything. Didn't react. Just, just, just dismissed it. Of course, I couldn't do nothing about it anyway. Let's face it. If you're dying, you're dying. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Is there? Oh, yes, there is. And I remember saying to the Lord, hey, 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 Lord, um, did you not call me to do something? I thought you called me to do, do this do this preaching thing. 
that's when, and I already told y'all, I don't know if some of you might not be, when I heard those sounds from heaven. Because all I had to do was activate heavenly reactions. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are times, though, such as with my mother who passed away, that it didn't work. It didn't work out the way I wanted it to. There are times when you just have to stand. Just stand. And give everything to God. There are times when things in life don't work out the way you thought they would, but if you'll just stand unpredictably, because the devil thought you'd get all emotional and upset, just unpredictably, God will bring you through it. And he'll show you stuff you wouldn't have known otherwise. And he grows you. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you know, it's, uh, they say, we, I don't know because I'm not a woman, but they say having a child is, you get really near death. But the joy of holding the child Gets rid of all of that. It's kind of like when we, when we enter the kingdom and the kingdom's entering us, it's like death. But the joy of holding the treasury developed. Woo! It's life. Hallelujah. And that's what we want to do. And did you know when you turn a lamp on, you don't have to tell nobody that you see it from the outside? Ain't that something? Somebody said, let me run out in the street and tell everybody I got a lamp on. No, 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 no. It'll show for itself. Joy shows for itself. Peace shows for itself. Love shows for itself. So you don't have, it's not complicated. Can you say amen? The enemy's device devises his plans based on, again, our predictability. But when we change our predictability, we have stunted him. Now, the last thing I wanted to say to you, and I'm going to stop there, and I'll cut that one short. Because I have a lot of stuff, and I have to draw back on it. The, the complexities of the hour. Now, I'm, I'm a little older than some of you, not as old as some of you, thank God. But the reality is this, is we've lived a long time, and we realize we're living in a very complex time right now. And as I said earlier, average things just, just aren't going to get it. And so what God, I think, is really trying to do, and I think he will accomplish it, because if he's trying something, he'll get it done, is he is shifting us, positioning us. It won't fall. It'll come up. Woo! See. And the reason I have such hope in this house is because of how it is uh, designed by God. That things can be developed here. When I looked at what happened in the service tonight, I saw how an apostolic house works. We do this too. Is the son comes in, he and his team, and they will lead us. And we, we got a good, good word there and all of this. And I watched how that the family was at work. And I thought the generations are exposing themselves. The man of God, the apostle, just could sit there and gloat, so to speak, in, in what God has done. Now, he, I didn't, I, that's a good kind, you know. It's like, look what the Lord has done. 
and, and we could see the transferring of anointings. And I'm telling you what to look for. And, and, and how beautiful that is and how unpredictable that is to the devil. See, it's not a predictable thing in our church world today to have this happen. I know it is happening. Thank God it's being developed, but it's not predictable. And so the reality is this is when you are set up right, right things happen. I believe you're being positioned. I believe that God is going to bring about great miracles in this place, even continuously, as you've already seen throughout the years. But I don't mean just the physical kind that you say, well, like, you, like we were talking about, you got children you shouldn't have had and, and all this. I'm talking about some real lights going to come on in people's minds that haven't been on before and some transformations is going to take place that hasn't taken place in the, in the thinking before. And there's going to be an understanding of the word and some people that they wouldn't have had otherwise because there is a wind and a word that's coming from God in creation that's going to hit this place. Can you say amen? So the best thing for you to do, you to know, is God created the earth with what a wind and the wind moved over the waters. Can you say <laughs> Woo! And the Lord spoke and said, I want the seeds to be formed in one place. Come on, the wind of God creates and moves and makes things happen. Hallelujah. And then the word of the Lord when he began to speak and he spoke about all creation and something begin to happen can you say amen and that's what I believe God is going to do throughout the earth can you say yes Lord I want you to move over my life I want you to create in me strong strong understanding of the kingdom of God in my life because when that happens you're not a beggar anymore you're a creator you're a creator and you change your environment. You don't wait for it to change. You change it. Amen. There are many amid the challenges and the changes, wrote this this morning, of this generation that are crying afresh with the prophet, prophet of old. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. Nothing to me is more exciting than to realize that God has a plan to restore, destined to succeed despite all sands of time and testing. For many today, there are no apostle, no apostolic understanding. But for you, there is. There's nothing more than a hypothetical question now. If, as I believe, the shaking of everything that can be shaken is upon the ministry of the apostle is upon us. I believe the ministry of the apostle will become increasingly crucial. I'm closing, but listen. Say it back to me. Increasingly crucial. In other words, this is not a hypothetical thing. This is not something that just happened just because somebody was called. It is crucial. It is governmentally in time. It is meant to happen. And so, across the nation and world, that's why you hear that word so much. Hebrews 12, 25 through 29. See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on the earth, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. 
and his voice shook. His voice shook the earth, and then but now he has promised, saying, Once more, I will shake not only the earth and the heavens. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which cannot be shaken. Come on. If something cannot be shaken, hallelujah, the removing of things that cannot be shaken as created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. I want you to know you're an unshakable generation. You have an unshakable seed within you. The kingdom of God cannot be removed from your life. And God is at work doing his work so well as he shakes things that can be shaken. So when you watch CBS and ABC and the rest of it, listen to me. There's a shaking going on. Don't believe a thing you hear. Those people are not in control of our world. The Lord Jesus Christ owns this place by the virtue of his blood. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Times and seasons do not own the earth. You are not in a dispensation of this or a dispensation of that. You are the kingdom of God and the earth. And you will rise to the occasion. And you will deliver what is necessary for God to do his will in the earth. Thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven give me today my daily bread do you hear me Lord I hear you talking therefore since we receive a kingdom everybody say I receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe for our God our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. What a, what, what a house is built on may seem of insignificance important until the storm comes. Until a miracle is needed. It may seem insignificant. But when a miracle is needed, it has been built on the rock. There is a sign. There is a wonder. There is a significant thing that is about to happen. It may look like Satan has tried to take you out. But God is showing up. He will take what is meant for evil. He will turn it for good. Do you hear me? There is nothing the enemy can do to stop God's kingdom. For it is the kingdom of God that is without end. An apostle is a gift of the Lord Jesus Christ of the church. A man or a woman can be an apostle. In this case, commissioned by God to fulfill the mission and equipped with the necessary gifting. He will have proven himself faithful. What did I just preach to you? I'm on assignment as a servant in the church. Though there is no ladder of promotion in the ministry such as if I'm a good pastor or one day I'll become an apostle, ministries obviously need time to emerge. But the final analysis is this. We can only be what God has created us to be. Hallelujah. I don't just talk in tongues. I'm telling you, I'm making decrees in the spirit. You understand your father upon this stage tonight can only be what God created him to be. He can only do what God has placed in his heart to do. I want you to press your hands toward this man of God tonight. And I want you to declare that this man is a healed man. This man is a blessed man. This man has overcome already everything the enemy throws at you. I command overcoming in the name of Jesus Christ. No weapon formed against you prosper apostle you are the man that God said in this house and you have developed the order and you have preached the message and you have given the vision therefore I prophesy to you tonight that you shall live and you shall not die you shall raise up another generation in the name of Jesus we shall see the glory of God upon this house in the name of Jesus Christ we declare thy kingdom come thy will be done let the healing of the Lord let the transformation of God take place in all these people as we stand here tonight.
Come on. Make some decrees. Make some decrees. Make some decrees. If you decree a thing, it will come to pass. Come on, don't get silent. You're in the midst of a move, a shaking. Make some decrees. You decree a thing, decree a thing, decree a thing comes to pass. I decree over your bodies tonight, those of you that have fought sickness, I decree life to you. I command life to come back into you. I command your age to be lengthened. I command you to live to see the glory of God. I don't think you are num- age is a number. It's not a position. It's not an assignment. It's just a number. I command that God, by the power of the name of Jesus, rise and be healed. Get up and accept it. Move against the enemy. Tell him, make no, make no mention of sickness right now and declare, I am the healed of the Lord. I am the healed of the Lord. I am the healed of the Lord. God has appointed in the church, stay with me, God has appointed in the church men, apostles, first apostles, secondly prophets, third teachers. Come on, everybody say it with me. Then, I want you to say then. And this is that. This is that. And then miracles. Gifts of healing, helps of administration, various kinds of tongues. That is what is upon you. You are set for miracles. So everything the enemy comes to take you out with, God advances you with. Shita. I'll say it again. He come to take you out, but God come to advance. Mighty warrior, dress for battle. Father, the anointing that rests upon your word is timeless. It has no beginning and it has no end. Because it's all wrapped in you. Tonight I stand here to declare thankfulness and gratitude for understanding. I speak it. We speak it. And you gladly show up. So we lift our hands and we thank you that on this Tuesday night in May 2021 that you have showed up. And in the midst of everything, it's not what I did or they did. It's what you've done.
Look what the Lord has done. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.